It's the most wonderful time of the year. You're listening to Team Talk on ESPN Radio, 1017 The Team. And everyone telling you be of good cheer. Hour number three, Team it's Talk, ESPN Radio, 1017 The Team. Sam Hauser with you here for another hour. Appreciate you hanging out as always. We had a lot to jam in there. In those first two hours, it was an abbreviated two hours in itself because we brought you the Toasters Bowl, previously known as the Bahamas Bowl, earlier on in the day. Western Kentucky down 28 nothing comes all the way back and wins in overtime. And So one thing we haven't talked about yet in the show today, we're probably about two hours, or two hours, we're about two hours and we're probably about a week too late to be playing the most wonderful time of the year. I mean, this is always... a uh, a fun and festive time of year. Not the most wonderful time of the year for the Dallas Cowboys. Just one after another after another yesterday, kicking themselves in their own rear end with their own foot. Time and time again, you can use whatever metaphor you want. They shot themselves in the foot. It's just a funnier visual. I'm going to go with they kick themselves in their own rear ends time and time again in that embarrassing loss to the Buffalo Bills right when the right when they finally hooked me in they got me hook line and sinker and then go right back to doing the thing that we've gotten all too familiar this Cowboys team doing especially on the road 31 to 10 the final score yesterday Mike McCarthy and company acknowledging after the game we have to be better on the road well gee glad we glad we got that out of the way Hook, line, and sinker. They got me. And we actually asked you guys if they got you as well. We, we ran a Twitter poll last night. I don't know if it's still available, if it's still up to vote on, or if it ended already. But we ran a Twitter poll last night asking the question, does that loss change your outlook on the Cowboys' chances or ability to make a playoff run? And more than 60% of you said yes. And, and it's fair. Because at some point, so we finally got past one hurdle where eventually you're going to have to win one of these games against equal competition, which they did against the Eagles. Although, with every passing day, Seth Joyner might have been right about the Eagles, and he might have been right about the teams that play the Eagles as well. I'm going to have to go grab that because now we're starting this hour off on a, on a bummer of a note. Unless you're, uh, unless you don't like the Cowboys, and then you're laughing at everybody's misery today. But Seth Joyner, who's an, uh, a TV analyst for for Philadelphia for the Eagles on NBC Sports Philly, after that Cowboys loss, he just, I, I mean, he just crumbled into a million pieces, saying that this team was never that good, and they fooled us. And I'm not ready to go that far yet today. Like I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that today. I'm not going to sit here and say the Cowboys fooled us because, quite frankly, the way that they lost was surprising. The fact that they lost the game, uh, I've been tooting this team. I, I was tooting this team's horn all week, saying that they should go in there and win. But we also know that on any given week, we know what the ceiling is for Buffalo, which is why they were favored because that team at its at, at its ceiling is still capable of. Of going to the Super Bowl. When everything's in rhythm for them and nothing was in rhythm for Dallas yesterday, the most fight the Cowboys put up in that game was on the third play from scrimmage when Dak goes and, and scrambles and 
runs for a handful of yards. He slides down. There's a late hit coming in from a Buffalo defender because it's the most impossible thing for a defensive player to do in the NFL is just let a quarterback give himself up. And I'm being genuine with that. Like I, I don't know what they're supposed to do. These people, like, th- th- those rules were put in place. And I'm not defending anybody that's doing any nasty illegal hits. But those rules were put in place when the people that play that sport don't look like the people that play that sport now. So it's tough. But it's a penalty, and the Cowboys needed all the help they could get. They get the late hit. They get Buffalo gets flagged for the late hit, and then Dallas also gets flagged because Zach Martin comes in and creates a little bit of a brouhaha. We got a brouhaha here. Which is which is fine. I mean, you want to see your your offensive linemen. They 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 stand up for their quarterback. They're going to protect their quarterback, and I'm never going to fault those guys for doing something like that. I mean, the, the the worst thing that came out of that was the Cowboys didn't get the extra penalty yardage, and it, as we know. It wouldn't have made a lick of difference in the game anyway. But that was the biggest fight. That was the most fight we saw the Cowboys put up yesterday in a game that was another benchmark game for them that they didn't show up. And they might as they would have been better off just not even showing up to the game. I mean, literally just staying in Dallas and letting the Bills play against air. It would have been less embarrassing. It doesn't change anything. It it really doesn't. Like for it doesn't change my my outlook on this season at all. Because nothing that happens with this Cowboys team is is all that surprising. I mean, it 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 it's it's a setback in the sense that of that they know that they're going to have to win a road game in a tough road environment, but that was always going to be the case before that game because they're probably going to have to have to go on the road at some point whether it was the divisional round or if they can get there, the NFC Championship game. And that's all that really there is to talk about today. Now they still haven't figured out how to go win a road game. The biggest thing that you look at and say, oh, now I don't know. And even then, it's not anything new, is two intense emotional games in a row. Can they go do that? Got the opportunity in the playoffs last year. Didn't do it. So again, nothing that happened and nothing that's going to happen in the regular season is really going to change my opinion that much about how this team operates and, and what the, the season outlook is. It's it's fair to say, it's totally fair to say that, you know, that game changed my outlook and, I, and, I, and the fact that they played that poorly in a road environment against a team that at least, maybe not, put the records aside, we know this is an even game and the Cowboys wet the pants. It's fair to say that it changes your outlook. But I will forever, I gotta I, I gotta see if I, can, if I can find this here. I should have pulled this up earlier. If I have this here in our library, I certainly hope I do. I, I, I will just, I'll, I'll continue to go back to somebody who said it better than I ever possibly could, which is a shame because, you know, this is what I get paid to do. And I don't know if I'm going to find it here. I might have to wait during till, during the break or might take a little bit more digging. But before the, the season, when the Cowboys were still in training camp, we, we had on ESPN Cowboys reporter Todd Archer just for, you know, season preview. Things were, things were fun. 
in training camp. Guys were hitting each other. Things were getting spicy, to use the phrase from J. Ron Curse. Micah Parsons was running around like his hair was on fire, and you know it was just a good vibe. And so we're talking to, to Todd Archer, and we're asking him, you know, questions about the season and and his thoughts on a few different elements of what might happen this year. And he sticks the landing at the end of the conversation, where he basically says none of this matters until January, and he's hundred percent right. It shouldn't surprise anybody that there's still there, there's still things that the Cowboys are going to do that are are, are going to disappoint you. There's just certain, and, and and this goes for for any one of us. We you know we have bad habits. We all fat fall back into the roots of our upbringing. I mean, look at look at the Jaguars. It, had to play another primetime game last night that we all had to suffer through. And I personally apologize. I hate that they're getting these primetime games right now. It's the worst possible time. It wasn't supposed to be. But they were 8-3 going into a home Monday night football game against Jake Browning. Now, granted, that was before we knew Jake Browning was going to be the next coming of Joe Burrow. But you're 8-3. You're at home. It's Monday night football against Jake Browning, a, a, a dejected Bengals team that we were holding a funeral for for their season with Joe Burrow out. And Jake Browning comes in there and is playing MVP-level football. Then the Jaguars lose to Joe Flacco. Then they beat themselves in unholy fashion for the whole nation to see on Sunday Night Football last night. And even as as, as a fan of this team, like I want to be mad, but at the same time, there's those Jaguars. There's those lovable losers. You can get a new coach. You can get a new quarterback. You can get new uniforms if you want. But that team's always going to be in there somewhere. And I'm not doing a complete 180 on this. Like I, 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 I was front and center. It's there for the world to hear. It's there in our in our library of everything that ever goes out over the air. I fully believe that the Cowboys should have gone on, gone in there and won this game. Or at the very least, maybe lose on one of those walk-off field goals that makes me want to jump out a window because that's not how games should be decided in the NFL. But at the very least, something like that and not 31-10, to a game that was over at halftime, essentially. Because the Cowboys got the ball to start the second half. And you're doing that move of, okay, well, if they get one here and then get a stop and then get another one and then get a stop and, you know, all of a sudden we got ourselves a ball game again. I don't know that the most optimistic Cowboys fan thought that they were, thought that they still had a chance to come back and win that game after the way the first half went. I mean, that that team did not show up. That wasn't a case of any given Sunday in the NFL where crazy things can happen. That might be something that Buffalo's that that Buffalo radio is doing today. Any given Sunday, we know how good this team is, blah, 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 blah. That was not any given Sunday. That was a team that did not understand the magnitude of the situation. I'm always the first one that says there is no such thing as a as a as a meaningless game. I hate that term. Because it's just it 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 it's an insult. 
to these guys that are going out there and busting their butts and playing a live sport that damages their bodies. And even if it's even, even if it's not football, even if it's any sport, I will always be the first one to tell you that there's no such thing as a meaningless game. There's always something that you can try to take out of it. And the whole lead up to this game all week was about how much more desperate the Bills were than the Cowboys because yeah, if the Cowboys lose, they still have a shot at the division. They still have a shot at a home playoff game. Worst case scenario, they'll be the five seed, but they're comfortably in the playoffs. And even actually, that, and they actually did clinch a playoff spot yesterday despite losing. I think they actually clinched it before the game was over because of weird math in the NFL. But that was the whole lead up to that game is the Bills are way more desperate and the Bills need this win way more. And that was true. But in the same way that I that I I despise the line of their of meaningless game, generally speaking, one team wanted it more, kind of along the same lines, simply for the fact of I have no expertise in this area whatsoever, yet I'm commenting as if I do. We're all sitting at home watching this game in our pajamas on our couch, eating snacks while they're out there playing football. And I'm not trying to be disparaging. But it's one of the things that, that if anything, it's one of the things that I enjoy about the whole NFL conversation and how much the NFL dominates the landscape. Most of us will never understand what it actually goes into the prep all week, the game itself. We just know we love football. That was an exception yesterday where one team did want it more. It's a, it's a, at best, it's an insensitive thing to say because of how much these guys put themselves on the line and how much they do destroy their bodies. But if you were to paint a picture of what that would look like, if you were to say to somebody, man, I'll tell you what, Bills wanted it more. And somebody was to say to you, what does that even mean? Like, what is that? It's a silly thing to say. What does that even mean? One team wanted it more. You'd show them that game yesterday. From the very beginning, I mean, af- after that third play of the, the brouhaha along the, along the Cowboys' sidelines, all the way until early in the fourth quarter, Stephon Diggs makes that crazy one-handed catch And even then, as he makes this ridiculous highlight catch, the Cowboys are flagged for 12 men on the field, which that one always stings. Because you got you called for 12 men on the field, and somebody still made a great play, and you still couldn't stop it. And then the very next play after that 12 men in the field penalty, to borrow the phrase from Brad Sham, Cook walks the dog for another touchdown, and they're just running all over the Cowboys' throats yesterday. The only one who showed up was Tony Pollard. I mean, CeeDee Lamb had his moments. You know, Dak had his moments. Micah Parsons... uh, Micah Parsons did not have a bad game necessarily, but you couldn't create and execute a game plan better to neutralize Micah Parsons than what the Bills did on their offensive line yesterday. The only one who, who really had anything, where you really had anything nice to say about him on the Cowboys was Tony Pollard. And the numbers weren't there just because it got to a point where the game's getting away and you can't run that much. But 
He's running through tackles. He was running incredibly hard in the first quarter. He was going out throwing blocks, which is something that he that that's been a knock against him. Where when Zeke was around, you'd put Zeke out there in certain situations just be, just because he was a better pass blocker. But Tony Pollard played his tail off yesterday. You just can't say the same about very many other guys. Left it all out on the field against the Eagles and then had nothing left to give once you went to Buffalo. And it it doesn't get any easier now. Now you're going to Miami. And that offense has been... they they put up they they put up thirty against the Jets. We we don't know how much. I mean, you talk about one team wanted it more. We don't know really how much the Jets are trying. Week before that, they blow a two touchdown lead in the last couple minutes against the Titans. That offense, you know, maybe has some questions, especially with Tyree Kill out there with with or with Tyree Kill not playing. But that Dolphins defense is playing the way that we. Envision the Cowboys defense, like the high level, the disruption, the playmaking, the turnovers. That Dolphins defense is playing at an incredibly high level. And you're going to their place. That's not uh, that it. It it would be really easy for that one to get away from from the Cowboys, too, if they can't really pinpoint what went wrong yesterday. Did see a report earlier today uh, from Clarence Hill of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. And this one makes me sad because, first off, leave him alone. He's not the problem. He's the reason that your kicker should be getting MVP votes. But report from Clarence Hill. Cowboys special teams coach John Fossil got chewed out by Mike McCarthy for the block punt call that resulted in the roughing the uh, roughing the kicker penalty, roughing the, the punter on Sam Williams. It was a one-man block call. Cowboys had a return on. Fossil didn't let McCarthy know he was making the call. He was told it wasn't his decision to make. We're playing the results on that one, man. You leave John Fossil alone. He is not the reason you lost yesterday. You want to be mad at somebody? There's a long list of guys that you could be mad at yesterday. For every one of, of these and... man. Sam Williams is going to be a great. He's going to be a great player. He's going to have a long career. He's going to be a great, impactful player. He's still making some bad decisions on and off the field. I, I, I'm not pinning that one. And look, some of this is because I'm biased and best special teams coach in the league. I'm not putting that one on John Fossil. That's another one of those things that that it's an impossible position for these guys to be in. If anything, it's a miracle of epic proportions when they do block one and don't get called for a penalty. The the centimeters that you're dealing with, you're going full speed, trying to push past offensive linemen. These punters are made of twigs and branches. A gust of wind would knock them over, and you're trying to block a punt. And it's also not the reason they lost. Now, Obviously, there, there's a there's a certain element of you know Mike McCarthy. You know, he's the head coach. He needs to know everything that's going on. And there's an order of things that has led to the Cowboys winning double digit games now three years in a row. And a lot of that does go back to Mike McCarthy. Like, I get it. That's not one that needs to get out. 
because it's 19th on the list of problems that led to an embarrassing loss yesterday. That one just kind of feels like taking it out on John Fossil because he needs somebody to take it out on, and I can point to something that went wrong. It's Team Talk, ESPN Radio, 101.7 The Team. Monday Night Football off and going. Eagles and Seahawks in Seattle. No score. About four minutes into the game, Jalen Hurts is playing for the Eagles. Four for four for 33 yards. Like this is going to be his Michael Jordan flu game. Looks like Drew Locke is going to go for Seattle. So Certainly Cowboy fans are, are, are Seahawks fans tonight. And look. They made that change. The Eagles did it. Defensive coordinator, Matt Patricia now, the defensive coordinator. That one kind of just sneaking past everybody. Like, this was Jay Glazer on the Fox pregame show yesterday just giving us news that nobody had heard before. And not only were we reacting to the news, we're trying to figure out how we're just now hearing about this on a Sunday. Two big changes for the Eagles this week. And one everybody already knows about, and that's Dom DeSantis, their head of security, not being on the sideline. I can't tell you enough how big that is for the sanity of Nick Sirianni and some of those players. But what you don't know is they made a major change on defense this week. Guys actually learned that they have moved their defensive coordinator, Sean Desai. He's out. He's still in the organization, but Matt Patricia is now running the defense. They moved him up there to be basically the new defensive coordinator. He should be down there on the sideline also calling those plays. That's a huge thing. So very, very quietly, but the no. Eagles made a complete change this week. How do they do that and not defense. get it out? It become public. I don't know. I don't. It is a huge thing. To, to change def- to change coordinators in week 15, there, there's almost not even a word for it. How much of a change it's going to make on the field is what we're going to find out in this game. And it's hard to imagine it's going to be too, too much. It's It's been one of the biggest surprises of the entire season in the NFL, and it, it had been somewhat quiet until the news came down yesterday about this change. Even in real, even in looking at the final scores and realizing how the 49ers wiped the floor with Philly, the Cowboys wiped the floor with Philly, that defense has taken so such a step back, and even as they've added in players, you figure at some point it's just going to all start to come together, but it never really did. And even with Drew Locke at quarterback tonight, I st- I like that matchup with the Eagles' skill position players against that defense, that even for a 6-7 and seven team, it's the only thing that's got that, that's given the, the Seahawks a chance in this game is if you can still catch that Philly secondary before any kind of big changes happen, and that wide receiver group that is one of the most talented in the NFL. You look at what they did to the Cowboys a few weeks ago, and a really impressive running back group. Like I'm, not, I would not be feeling good about this game at all. Eagles are four and a half point favorites by ESPN bet. Regardless of the way that the last two games went against the 49ers and Cowboys, I, I, w- I would be nervous about this one. The way that that, that is the biggest matchup that's going to decide this game. And the, but uh, that offense, I mean, that's all the, that offense has not had a chance to come on the field yet. Eagles marching down the field. Still their, their first series of the game that's taken up nearly half of the first quarter to this point.